0: Hey, security peeps, we are live with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity Special Edition Mondays with Dr. Dan. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, here, placing wonderful people into security opportunities and helping leaders hire awesome talent. My co-host Chris Fulon is here. Say hi to everybody, Chris.
1: Hi, I'm her co-host, and I'm wishing her a happy birthday today. Thank you,
0: co-host. You guys are going to sing.
1: Everybody can join in and (laughs)
2: sing. Happy birthday.
0: (laughs) Oh, Lord, stop, stop, please. Let's stick to our day job. Dan, say hi to everybody, Dan.
2: Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Happy to be back here again. Dan for Peak Performance Strategies, uh, part of this team, to uh, help people accomplish what they want in cybersecurity, to move from where they are to wherever they want to be.
0: That's right. And today's topic, thank you, everybody. My birthday was yesterday. Woohoo! I'm forever 29. So <laughs> today's topic is going to be how to get unstuck. So many of us are in, um, as we all know. I mean, the reason why we started this thing with Dan—challenging times, COVID nineteen, all of these different things that are kind of like piling on—and um, what Dan has been learning from some of his clients are they're in this like transition period, and they're kind of they're kind of stuck. So. We definitely want Dan to jump in at any moment and teach us how to get unstuck, uh, because when Dan is working with various athletes and what have you, and they either don't have focus or get into a rut, Dan, what do you typically tell them to do?
2: Well, first of all, stuck is not the worst place to be. It may feel terrible, but it's not the worst place to be. I'll tell you where the worst place to be is, is to be moving rapidly forward, but in the wrong direction. A lot of people take find themselves moving in the wrong direction and it requires a variety of strategies to take a look at that. It does. It, it, I'm not saying for a second that it doesn't feel horrible to feel stuck, but we talked about Chris and I were talking about what helps people identify what gets them stuck, what makes them feel stuck. Uh, and you know, there are some things that people are looking at today. Uh, first of all, uh, not understanding where they fit in a corporate structure. I, I work with both individuals and groups within a within a company, and so in the groups, it's looking at an organizational chart, and saying, "Okay, where do I want to be? What do I need to do to get into those places?" And more so, what do the people above me need me to do so that they will reach down and pull me out of stuck? And I've seen that happen with people. Uh, one of the biggest issues that's come up recently is people who are really, really good at what they do. And most of the people on this call know way more than you know that you know. But what do you do with it? And how, how, do you, how do you explain to someone else how you're different than somebody else? We've talked about the Blue Ocean Strategies. It's a great book to read if you haven't read it. But the idea is how do you get from the Red Ocean where everybody else is into the blue ocean where you have no competition. And, and also, you're trying to sell yourself to people who uh, don't know as much about the risk that they're facing that you do. And so you have a, you have to move into a conversion mode. How do you convert somebody from thinking that everything is fine to let them know it's not fine without selling fear? Because, you know, it's not... This is not about selling fear. When somebody pitches themselves to a company with cybersecurity, it's not about selling fear. It's saying to somebody, uh, let me just back up a second. We've talked almost every week about 2025. You have the choice to talk to somebody today about 2020 and try to convince them that you're the person that they should hire or you're the person that should be on their team. uh, When in fact... uh, it's easier to get somebody to make that decision if you can get them out to 2025 because there's an invisible dynamic that works in your favor every single time. But it's invisible. You can't mention it. You can't say it right out straight to somebody. But it's described as short-term discomfort versus long-term regret. Somebody may not want to hire an aide to put together their cybersecurity team. However, what I'll tell you, what they really don't want to, what they really don't want to have happen, is to be in twenty twenty five looking backwards, wishing that they did. There's so, Dan, a, there's a question here: Is this for a business owner or sales employee? Mm-hmm. Great, great question. Every person that we talk to, every person that I talk to, I believe is the CEO of their own company. They own their own business, whether they're working for somebody else. Or, they, or they're a private consultant. The reality is, is that they're running their own company. And so you have to do everything that is humanly possible, uh, avoiding any pitfalls to get you where you want to go, and you bring that package to the company that hires you, or uh, you operate by yourself. And some people do both. I have people who have private consulting companies and also work for a company because they have a a skill set that's so much in demand if people knew about it, but people don't know about them. People don't, you know, the average person doesn't know the question to ask Chris about, about uh, cybersecurity. I wouldn't know what to ask him. Same thing with Renee. My belief in, in with all the people I've worked with in cybersecurity now for the last eight to 10 years has been my feeling is is if I want an image of them, they are sitting under Niagara Falls, with the water coming down and with the water never stopping. <laughs> the guy who owns a business, a, a company, he goes home and goes to sleep. He may not know it's raining outside. He may not know the risk he's in. But the job is to, I believe, for cybersecurity people is to get themselves into a situation where they can communicate very, very effectively what it costs the company not to hire you. Everybody says, what does it cost to hire I get this all the time. What what does it cost to hire me? I say, what does it cost you not to hire me? So that's really what the issue comes back to. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and what I've done is, is I've put together uh, a program that I've just redesigned completely. It's uh, uh, 888 Fast Track. Uh, It's eight keys to a competitive edge over uh, four weeks for two hours a day. I can still do that. But people have said, can you do this for me privately? And as an example of an experience I had, I went to a company that had a huge sales force. But not, not huge. Uh, for them, it was. it was. They had 25 people internationally. And uh, the CEO of the company said, can you come in and give my sales team a competitive strategy to help them get ahead of the competition? And I said, sure. He said, so what's your program? I said, I don't know until I talk to them. And so I'll give you what the options were that I gave them uh, so that you understand where we come from. I said to them, here are the things that your competition is doing and not talking about. Uh, How they control negative self-talk, what's their peak performance zone like, how they prepare to compete and how they recover rapidly when things don't go well. And on the business side, it's power communication. I work across the world with with senior executives. And what they want, they want to learn how to communicate very, very effectively. Uh, Strategic networking, how do you network strategically both for the company you're working for and for your own company, and you can do them both at the same time. Influencing with integrity, how do you influence people, and how do you structure long-range and short-range goals and objectives? And I said to them, that's the list. You tell me what you need today. And some people say, well, I need to learn how to communicate powerfully. So, okay, the question is about who you're communicating with. What do you have to say to them? How are they making decisions? I spoke to a guy the other day. He said to me, you know, I had advised the company to take a particular type of insurance uh, to help them to protect the company going forward. And they decided not to do that. He said i don't know how i could have prevented it well i have a way that does not work all the time although i like to think they work all the time but when i talk to somebody about selling mistakes i would say to say uh, chris for example chris what you know um what mistakes have your clients made before they became your client and what the it cost them in money emotional reputation if chris put that list together It would probably be very detailed and very specific. And I tell somebody, send me the list and I'll make the list confusing. (laughs) To to be really powerful, the list has to be confusing. You have to say somebody, like I'll say to somebody, so what's the biggest mistake that people have made with you? I said, one of them is sooner. And they said, what do you mean sooner? That requires them to ask me that question. I said, well, I said, people have say to me, I should have called you sooner. So it's how to put those things together so that, that – uh, I'll give you an example. I'm, I connected with a guy in the last couple of weeks who's a bass player. So I gave him a proposal, and I said to him, does this proposal strike a chord with you? First thing he came back to me, he said, yes, I love, I love the way a chord sounds. I said, so you can embed commands in a language that will get people to call you back.
0: Right. So go ahead, Chris.
1: Uh, I was going to say, for, for those that are stuck, what, what's the difference between being stuck psychologically and just being comfortable as to where you are? How, how can you tell the difference in when you're slipping between one or the other? Uh, if you look at, at
2: 2025 and you put your dream for 2025 in, some perspective so that you can re- recreate it in your mind so i you know if people haven't heard me before i give chris a magic wand you wave it and now you're in 2025 tell me what 2025 looks like where are you you're five years older. your kids are five years old or what, whatever it is but you're in a different place and you're doing what you love to do i mean you you couldn't be happy with what you what you're doing uh with the challenges faced. so you work backwards to me and you say, Is what I'm playing, is what I'm doing right this minute gonna get me where I want to go? Yes or no? It's a yes or no question. Am I moving forward? And somebody who says, I'm standing, I'm just standing still. Well, I have a secret for you. If you stop moving, you're not standing still, you're sliding backwards. Because while you're standing still, while you're comfortable, while you're sitting there, there are other people that are moving ahead of you. I can't, I mean, this is why the people that I work with, Chris, rarely talk about me because they get a competitive edge and they run with it. And they don't talk about it. They don't talk about it. And, you know, and sometimes people are sitting on a car. I, I spoke to a kid uh, two days ago who's going into a senior year of college. He wants to be in sports marketing, sports psychology And he described what he did, what his background was, and he is sitting on a company right now. I said, if you're going to get a business card printed out right now and start to work with parents of athletes to deal in the sport that you deal with. Well, I don't know. I have to wait till I get back to college. Um, So, you know, people have excuses. But are the excuses working for them or not for them? I, I think what I try to do is find out what gets in people's way fast. You know, somebody said, what do you do? I said, you're driving from New York to California and you have a, uh, and I tell you, I have a list of all the radar traps between here in LA. Do you mm-hmm. want to buy the list before you leave or do you want to wait till you get to LA to buy the list? No, I want the list now. So that's a thought process. And that's really what every cybersecurity person that's pitching themselves to a company who's considering p- pitching their own private company or pitching themselves to a company for an in- in-house cybersecurity position. What they're really asking somebody, here are the mistakes I've seen people make. When you hire me, these are the mistakes I'm not going to let you make. Now, if you, and and I've had people say, if you choose to make these mistakes, please don't hire me because my reputation can't handle it. I've given you the things not to do. But then it's how do you find people? How do you find what's in somebody's way? It's what I do.
0: Yeah. So, Dan, when you talked about Blue Ocean Strategy, um, for the people who don't fully understand or have not read the book, blue ocean is the book called blue ocean
2: strategy the, the book is called the blue ocean strategies and mm-hmm. what they talk about is that most people in cybersecurity or any any position you any pick company. A, mm-hmm. a bank, whatever, it makes no difference uh are in the red ocean and pretty much people are doing what they did before so what got them to the position that they're in now they're continuing to do what got them to where they are now and what they'll soon discover is what got them to where they are now will not get them to where they want to be. They have to do something different. The question is, do I want to do it slow or do I want to do it fast? You know, it goes back to the the guy goes to the dentist with an infected tooth and the dentist said, I have to pull your tooth out. He pulls the tooth out and the dentist said, that's $800. The guy says, it only took you three seconds to pull a tooth out. So the dentist says to him, would you like me to pull it out slower? <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, but you know it, 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 it really. But the question <laughs> is, is, can you continue to do what you've done before? You know, I mean, I, I I'm sure that people are not looking in the white ads of the New York Times to find a cybersecurity problem. <laughs> you know, but some but but there's a traditional way that how are we going to. Rene and I have dealt with this stuff for years. People who are trying to recruit people will go a traditional route, or somebody really needs to uh, to recruit somebody who understands the risk that a company is facing, or that their reputation is facing by not hiring the right person or retaining the right person. Should probably put Rene's number on a speed dial, because when somebody, you know, (laughs) some. When somebody wakes up in the morning and they go, I think we have a problem with cybersecurity, the question is, what do they need to do? Dan, do you need to grab that? That's not the No, I don't.
0: <laughs>
2: I couldn't
1: shut that phone up. Though.
0: Okay.
1: They call every time we're on no. <laughs> the it, 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 it reminds me of now. the meme. It reminds me of the meme, this is how we block people in the eighties and you take the the handset off of the base and you just let it leave it there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we can't do it with these things now. (laughs) Or you have to dive for the phone wherever it is. I don't know where it is. So that you know, so the fact is is that what we want to do is give people on this call the tools to accomplish what they want. You know where do they want to be? And I offer again: anybody who has any questions about moving forward in their career, where they are, how they need to navigate within a company to move from one position to another, give me a call and tell me what's going on. I, I you know, I, I can tell you in about five minutes if I can help you or not. But my basic question for somebody is: what do you need to have happen right now that's not happening? <laughs>
0: Elijah says, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Note to self, don't look in the one ads for cybersecurity opportunities. And then and then Ben says or maybe do look there since everyone else won't be looking there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know,
2: it it it's coming back to people who really want to get an edge. I want to do it fast and want to do it inexpensively really, because the cost of not doing it is dramatic. I'm, I'm working with a guy right now who helps people, uh, helps kids select colleges. And, uh, he said to me, you know, he said, uh, people pick the wrong college. They get the wrong tuitions. They don't negotiate. It's not the right college for their kid. And on top of everything else, um, they, they uh, spent a lot of money. He said, I, so I saw this guy who came to me with a gorgeous college sh- sweatshirt. I said to him, that's a beautiful shirt. And He said to me, it cost me $500,000 and my daughter is still living in my basement.
1: So, you know.
0: I hear that all the time.
1: So for someone um, in, in their job search where they might be in that stuck feeling, um, and they're, they're feeling like they're not progressing like they should, or a, a, an athlete in that same stuck feeling, what, what suggestions would you give them?
2: Uh, to work very diligently on letting their imagination design 2025. Because there's nothing that will drag somebody toward where they want to be faster than their subconscious mind. Uh, you get 2025 in your mind where you want to be and you get it firmly implanted in there. That's when the subconscious mind takes over and it must act out every thought, image, or idea that you put into it. So it will drive you toward that if you can do that directly. And and I use hypnosis to make that happen. I do that with every athlete I work with. Uh, But athletes are using hypnosis and self-hypnosis to uh, move them quickly in the direction they want to go, but they don't tell anybody about it. So, but you know, it, it's to go through some of the things on this list. Uh, how are you communicating? What's your strategy? Are you communicating with a strategy? You know, it's it's. Um, are you preparing to compete? Most people today, Chris, seemingly and surprisingly, don't prepare to compete. Their training has prepared them to do the job, but that the job has nothing to do with getting the job. The job has to do with convincing the person that you're talking to in this company that you're going to provide them with the, the protection and the security that they need, uh, that you're going to cover the person who's hiring you. You're going to cover their back. You're going to make them look good. You may be, the next thing they talk about at a cocktail party because they have somebody who accomplishes what they want, or not. Because I work, you know, I one of the things I do, and if you look at my website, is a thing called golfinamindgame.com. I help golfers take three to six strokes with their golf game without ever touching a club. Do you think those people tell anybody about me? No, they don't. They don't t- nobody is giving their competitive edge away. So once you devise the language you're going to use to promote yourself, uh, once you put all this together, and it happens, it can happen very fast, and you can test it out. But the point is, is you need to know who you're talking to. I'll give my, my best example of preparation for competition. Super Bowl three. Dave Herman protected Joe Namath from Bubba Smith. Dave was 6'2", 250. Bubba Smith was 6'7", 365, whatever he was. I said, how did you do that? He said, I watched game films. I said, what did you watch for? Thinking that he was watching for formations. He said, no, I figure when a guy that big has got to move forward, he's got to be sitting at one foot just a little bit longer than everybody else. So I never waited for the ball to be snapped. I just waited until his foot came up. So look at all the stuff that you do, and a lot of what we, Renee and I have talked about this for years now is the impact, what it's costing you, for uh, what is, what unconscious competence is costing people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Ginsberg asked the question: This program information, motivational based or action based? Uh, a- action based, basically motivation. Uh, I-, I think motivation lasts as long as a New Year's resolution. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Motivational speeches, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. You feel great. <laughs> it's, it's what you do now. You know, it, but it, it's what what action do you take?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What action do you need to take? And the people know it. There are so many people who are going. Okay. I buy into what you're saying. What do I do next? Well, I don't know what your situation is and who you're talking to. If you're going to be interviewing with four or five people, have you profiled the people you're going to talk to? Do you understand who they are, what they need to have happen, where they fit in the organization, how long they've been in that position? Are they going to move or not? Because everything you're really doing is, is, is selling them on your ability to cover their back. God, I saw this all over the world with Hewlett Packard. I worked with them for 10 years on senior executives just before they merged with Compaq. And all the senior guys and women just wanted to make sure that, A, they had safety nets. So what I do with every single person I work with is to make sure that they create a safety net. And you're surrounded by your safety net. You see people around you right now who, if I called you and said I have a cybersecurity problem and you were working for another company, that you could outsource them to me. So you're sitting on a resource of, of, you're sitting on a company. Most people Mm -hmm. don't see it that way. So the other part about it is a lot of people who are being brought into a company for cybersecurity, the company is relying on them to develop the people underneath them. And to do that, you have to know what you do well. And if you don't know what you do well, you can't help anybody because you can't teach somebody something that you don't know that you know so it's, it's coming bringing people back into the into looking at themselves and understanding what they really do well we've got some assessments and some strategies that help you do that very very fast
1: what about for those that need to uh, teach up teach their managers um, what they're doing to show them the value in the recommendations that you're making when they feel stuck within their role at their company.
0: And, and I would add manage up too. So teaching. and yeah, it, it,
2: You know, you just have to put a big sign in your office. It says careful. You have to be very careful doing that. You have to carefully help people not to intimidate them, not to embarrass them, uh, it's a psychological strategy when you're talking to somebody based on who that person is. Renee and I could spend two hours on here talking about situations we've been involved in with people. But, but the point is, is that to get the results that you want, you have to do something. You can't do the same thing. This is not like buying a bucket of paint and painting your wall. This is this is different, this is different stuff. And if you notice, most of the questions that we're talking about have nothing to do with cybersecurity. They have to do with psychological interaction you have between you and somebody else so that they know when they pull the covers up over their head at night, that you have somebody, there's somebody covering them.
1: You mentioned none of the questions have to do with cybersecurity, but a lot of cybersecurity is psychological because you have to think, how would the threat actors behave? What would they do? in order to develop a strategy that counters them
2: i i agree with you 100 percent, but it's to me from where i said that's apples and oranges you're talking about the act of cybersecurity. on the other side you're talking about getting employed and 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 build the confidence in somebody to hire you mm-hmm. see i think that that when you bring yourself to the level that you are or other people that i'm working with are um they assume, I assume that they have the knowledge that's necessary, the inquisitiveness, the competitiveness, the understanding. And again, uh, if you're talking about um, understanding where the attackers might be, I think that, that you, uh, uh, there may be some way for us to talk about that offline, about who those people are, you know, what, mm-hmm. what, what they want to have happen. What's their objective? What do they consider a success to be? Because basically you're talking about like FBI profiling applied to cybersecurity.
0: Or apply to um, Dan. I just want, I want people to be aware that you're applying it to your, your future opportunities. So not only from a cybersecurity perspective, but like stepping into whatever role or the role that you're in and or stepping into a future, um, a future position as well. Right. So Elijah asks, can I ask a question about momentum in career field? I've had a lot of fast momentum in initial career growth, but for the past year, I've been at my current tier one cybersecurity analyst role. I feel like I'm slowing down or maybe moving to a stuck point. I um, have consecutive entry level cybersecurity experience, but not enough to pivot to it. I'm assuming she's meaning to a new role. So, how does she may have be able to get another like lateral position, but not go up? That's what it sounds like.
2: Uh, I, I would want to know if if Elijah called me, I would say, let me see your organizational chart and show me where you want to be. And if there are other certifications that you need where can you get them and how quickly can you get them? I know we've talked about the government now looking at focusing on, on the importance of skills in addition to uh, in addition to degrees. So where do you get the skill you need? Uh, is there somebody in your current position who has knowledge that you don't have that they would share with you or do you have to go get a certification and how quickly can you get it and what is what does somebody need to get into the position you want to be into
1: and Dan earlier you also mentioned having that that conversation when you're looking for that new role of the problem that you're you're gonna help that company solve I think all too often as an entry-level individual you focus on the tasks that you're doing in in the role versus the problem that you're solving. Everyone can do tasks, but what makes you different from someone else is how can you help the business move forward? How can you help them solve problems? And I think in communicating that to hiring managers is sometimes where entry-level individuals um, don't perform as well. Well, they—they,
2: they, I can agree with you. I think the thing is that they have to put together a pitch to the person they're talking to. Here's what I really do well, and the other thing is people have to recognize what they do well. Chris, there are a lot of people who just do stuff very well and just don't know they do it. It's just like it's automatic. This is what I do. I mean, I'm sure you make decisions that, that somebody said, "How do you do that?" I don't know. I'm just being myself. But the point is that's that's important. <laughs> you know. But how do you sell that? I think the biggest issue is is for somebody interviewing in a company to find out what's not happening right now that needs to happen. What are the challenges they're facing right now that they need to deal with? Um, They may reveal that. They may not. I don't know. But somebody has to give you a problem before you can give them a solution or a proposal
1: for a solution. That's definitely one of the questions I always ask um, during interviews. What what problem is this role coming in to solve or what challenges does the organization have that you're looking uh, for this role to help with?
2: Right. And the other thing is, is that what I found worked really well with the Hewlett Packard guys. They said to them, let's not talk about 2020. Let's talk about 2025. See, everybody you talk to is in 2020. They're expecting you to talk about 2020. You talk about 2025, you're talking at a whole different psychological level. What what challenges do you think your company's going to face in 2025? What can you anticipate? Where do you think these attacks are going to come from? What do you think they want to accomplish? What do you need to have happen right now that's not happening? What can we put in place between in 2024 and 23 and 22 and 21 to make sure that when you get to 2025, you don't have that problem. Can we assemble a right team? I mean, is the team that you have right now as effective as it would be if they had gone to Renee and had Renee put a whole team together? I don't know. Probably not. So, so it's getting people see, because what you want to do, Chris, I think is to dig down into the, challenge is that the person that you're talking to has. They've been tasked with recruiting the right person for the right position. Uh, Renee and I have found in situations that we've been involved in is that people uh, didn't know what wasn't happening in their their division. We found people at the very top who Renee was dealing with when she looked down below them so there were a lot of open slots. Why were there open slots? Poor management. I mean, you know, one of the biggest challenges the HP guys dealt with was they had to go in and start to put their technology aside and start to manage people. And that's why we were brought in is to help them manage their teams. Managing teams is not easy.
0: Yeah. And the leaders at the top, especially in these big organizations. You know, there's so many layers. There's so much that nobody's really telling them the truth. You know, everybody's just pandering, saying what, what a lot of these leaders want to hear. Right. Um, so it can be a challenge. And then when, when you come in and you're providing, you're like Dan said, 2025 20, and 20,000 feet. I think Dan used to say 20,000 feet, 20,000 yeah. view.
2: Sure. T- take, take me up to look at your company. Yeah. Everybody today that I start out working with is working on on ground level. Here's the way. It, but when you get up and start to look down on it and say, uh, say, how is this working for us? Is this working the way we want? What's going on? Different. But the point is, is just like nobody wants to miss. Uh, an attack on their company, you don't want to miss the interaction that you need to make happen, what you want to have happen. because at the end of the day, and I'll, I say this to all my athletes and everybody, this is about your a game. Every time you come into an environment, my belief is you have to bring your a game with you. That's what your employer expects. If you're a private consultant and you haven't put together a, a company, very even even a, even a uh, just a throw together company. As a consultant group, you you might be missing a tremendous opportunity. It's covering all bases. It's not let's do one thing. I believe you can do a couple of things at the same time, particularly when you're involved in the same business. It's all how do you practice pitching yourself to somebody? What do you need to say? How do you find out what they want to have happen?
1: And when go ahead, Renee.
0: No, I thought you were muted.
1: He is. (laughs) I unmute myself when I need to. Um, So we've talked about stuck. We've talked about unstuck. We've talked about looking from the company perspective. Um, As a leader, how do you feel you can now take that approach that you've been either looking for yourself or from a personal level to motivate your team to get unstuck.
2: Great, great question. Uh, I believe that um, I worked with some law firms on recruiting people, and I they were wanted to expand a law firm. And I said, how are you interviewing people? I said, well, we're interviewing lawyers for their skills and talents and background. I said, I would want to interview them for their dream. What's their dream? I, here in 2020, I want to be doing this in 2025. So if you can get somebody thinking about what they want in 2025. So where do you, we use an organizational chart. We put an organizational chart up on a wall and we said, where do you see, where do you want to be? What are you going to do to get there? And what kind what can get in your way when you when you have somebody who wants to be in your job, for example, and you say to them, "I will help you and teach you everything you need to do my job," because I'm going to be moving to another position. That per, that person is not going to be leaving, but you know, it's what we would have to what we had to do a lot. Renee and I was, was keep people out of their own way. Keep other people out of their way. You know, (laughs) keep, go ahead.
0: I want to say that some people don't get that or they tell you that, but then, you know, some leaders will say, you know, I'm going to train you and teach you. And then they, and then they don't. And they do go back to what you're saying. Oh, I just do what I do. Or, you know, they're, they're in their own heads. Um, and not really bringing that knowledge down to the person underneath them so that that person can be trained up right um, or trained up effectively so that they can move on if they so choose to move on. So somebody asked a question here. Dennis says, can we or should we strategically envision 2030 in a practical manner for career goal opportunities? So he's taking it out 10 years versus five.
2: Yeah, well, well, Dennis is ahead of me. I'm going to move to 2026. (laughs) But it doesn't make any difference. You, You can go out that far, but this is not goal setting. This is dreaming. There's a difference between setting goals and dreaming. Because dreaming the outcome you want will empower your subconscious mind to move in that direction.
0: And that's really powerful. I think, Dan, people might not fully get it because they haven't really worked with you, but there is no goal setting. It is true. It's truly when I was working with Dan in, I mean, I worked with Dan forever, but in 20, when Dan, did we meet in 2010 or right before 2010? I remember like 2015 being the year or 20. Well, something it, like that. I don't
2: know. It was, uh, I lose track of time.
1: Feels yeah. like- <laughs> <Yeah. Feels laughs> like Ernie, you
0: were 29. <laughs> I was 29. Yeah, I, was 20. <laughs> I was 18. Uh, so I was working with Dan and I remember him saying 2015, you know, envision um, 20, it was either 2013, or 2015 or whatever year it was. And, um, the things that I saw, there was no way, like it was not a goal. It was not, you know, I saw children. I had no children. I hadn't, I didn't even, it wasn't a remote thing. It wasn't even a thought in my head that, okay, this was going to happen or this is what I was planning or goal setting or anything like that. And it was, it was, it was around life. It was around, um, you know, it's your whole being. It's what, what do you plan to do? Where will you be? You know, like you're, you're literally, seeing this thing in your mind like it's clear as day today and it's fascinating because none of what i can i can give you a really quick example I was in New York city um and I envisioned and and in in the city so I lived in downtown Brooklyn and I was envisioning this house and the house was it was like either a beach house or it was just a, it was nothing in comparison to where I was at that time. And then lo and behold, it wasn't the exact same home, but the things that I had envisioned, the things that I saw in my mind had come to pass. Like, you know, the children, that bigger, the house, you know, like outside of New York city. And I wasn't in any way whatsoever thinking about leaving, thinking about leaving New York, all that kind of stuff. And then, other things that came up that were, you know, business related and things like that. So it's just fascinating. And I don't think, I think people think about a lot of this stuff as goals. And, you know, I said goals and I went in six months or whatever, but because Dan talks about 2025 and he talks about having 20,000 foot views and you're seeing things, it's almost like you're outside of yourself. You're just seeing something way ahead. And, You'll be so so surprised as to what actually happens.
2: The uh, dream. The, what's amazing is that the dream drags you toward it. It does sometimes. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I I personally always say that my dream for 2025 is becoming um, a CSO or a VC or something something in that area. But what rather than setting goals, I want to experience the different things. prepare me for that rather than setting goals because I I love the dream idea because if you go the dream route versus the goal route, you have so many more avenues to get to it than if you say just this position and this position and this position um, where you, you really focus yourself and you may lose opportunities because they weren't in the plan that you set versus letting your dream pull you towards it.
0: And it drags you. And before you jump in again, Dan, the thing about it is that you may think so in your mind today, right? You may think, okay, my dream is to be this. And you work with Dan, and you when when you really dr- like whatever you dream, it could be something slightly different. It could be, you know, it could be in your in your head today. You might be, oh, I want to be a CISO. but being a CISO could be Chris is running a cybersecurity company. Like you just don't, you know, like whatever it is. And it's something that comes up when you're going through this process. And so, or, you know, like you're working with Dan and then, you wouldn't even, rem- you'd be like, no way, that's not me. <laughs> like, like, I don't want that or whatever. And then lo and behold, 2025, it's like, how the- how is Chris running the this- cybersecurity company? He didn't want it. It wasn't anything in his mind, you know, whatever. But it's this dream that comes out. And it's just it's so, so fascinating. Like, it's it's almost bizarre at what happens. And you're not working towards it. You're not actively like, but it's you're being dragged towards it. You, you end up in these situations. You end up in these scenarios. You end up in these places where, you know, you would not have really planned it per se for yourself. But anyway, go ahead, Dan. This is your no, your,
2: your, your Basically, word. it's like taking, uh, taking a football and handing it off to somebody else to take it and run with it. But what happens is, and I, I caution people all the time, when you use this system of dreaming, since your subconscious mind is dragging you toward it, your subconscious mind will spit out ideas that seem like distractions. Most people are trained to avoid a distraction. But whatever idea comes to your mind, you have to write it down someplace, put it on a post-it note, because you're getting, you know, it's like your subconscious mind is saying, go this way, go that way, or think about this or think about that. But it's also being focusing on yourself. Most people... You know, I'll say to Renee and Chris, do you know why God made your arms so long? So you can pat yourself on the back from time to time. <laughs> people, people need to really think about how good they are at what they do. And, and it's, I've seen this with senior executives running countries. Now, what do I do? Well, I, I don't know. I, I'm just being myself. Well, that's you have to understand what you do well to be able to, to be able to promote yourself. Yeah. I think we ought to just just spend another second on winning about the okay. component I've had some feedback from people that I've worked with. They said, you know, you're not dealing with a professional athlete. This is not a sport. This is not about winning. It's not about uh, the competitiveness as bothers as us. And I said to that person, I said, you know, if you told me you were a cybersecurity p- professional and wanted to be a CISO and you were not competitive, I couldn't hire you. But you're competing all the time. You know, my football players get four downs and then they get they come over to the sidelines. You guys never come off the firing line ever, ever, ever. And so it's understand what it takes to be there. You know, and coming back, somebody said what? And one of the things that's on this is on this is uh, what's what's your performance zone like? What's it like when you're performing your best? And I'll give you one of my hockey analogies. I had a kid who's a hockey goaltender. I worked with goaltenders for 20, 25 years. Uh, kid said to me, uh, he said, you know, when I perform at my best, I don't hear any crowds. The puck is the size of a dinner plate, and the game moves very slowly. When any one of those three things change, I know I'm losing my concentration. And I said, and then what do you do? He says, I hope that it comes back. Hope is not a strategy. <laughs>
0: so we're gonna wrap dan sounds like you have more calls coming chris if you wanna?
1: <laughs> well thank you so much uh dan for for today and for helping us get unstuck and happy birthday renee yeah happy birthday renee
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. And Jenny writes a question or a comment real quick. I know we all got to run, but she says, and Jenny's so awesome. I think another thing to focus on is giving yourself proper timelines for your goals. No one ever, no one overnight has these great things happen. It's more directionally rather than suddenly because it's not happening to them. They're making it happen. And um, I would agree with that when it comes to the goal stuff, goal related stuff. So Jenny, I don't know if you talk. we were talking about the dreaming But this, that definitely, from a goal perspective, that people are out here doing things um, to move forward. Nobody's standing still. So, Dan, anything you want to say before we wrap? Chris, have to go.
2: See you next week.
0: All right. See See you next week, everyone. Bye. And thank you for all the birthday wishes.